Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Well, welcome to this uh, edition of Rescue Radio. I'm Jerry, and Marjorie's here. Hi. We have a wonderful topic here today. Some people might not think it's wonderful, but it's one we need to address. Yes, amen. And it will prove to be wonderfully helpful to people. Amen. So, uh, Margie, go ahead and lead us in prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for this very beautiful day. Wherever you are, it's a beautiful day, because God is there. And let the Lord's will, the will of the kingdom of God, be done on earth, in and through us this day as it's being done and declared in heaven. We bind the powers of darkness that would become again, that be set against us, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ. And you've given us power over all the power of the enemy that nothing shall by any means hurt us. And Lord, we thank you that that, that, power, that power is still functioning as real and operative in the world today, no matter what men might say or how they might disqualify it, Lord God. And we thank you for the power to forgive, to release people from judgment, to set us free, Lord, from sin, through forgiveness and through repentance and through confession. The same old things you told us in the beginning work wonderfully well still this day. And I thank you, Lord, now for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear. Remove the scales from our eyes, the blindness, the hardness of heart, the dullness of, of hearing, Lord, in these very treacherous days where we've been uh, overindulging in the, in the thoughts and the opinions of men. Uh, Lord, let us be refreshed in your word and through your discussion. Let us understand the reality of the two worlds the natural world and the supernatural world, Father. So I pray that we speak today as the oracle of God and that your testimony as the faithful witness would give us uh, deliverance and freedom and truth. Amen. Amen. Well, so what are we talking about today's today? topic is believers in bondage, Satan's strategy of immobilization and control. Ooh, I'm going very... to re- repeat that. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Well, it's kind but of academic. Believers topic. in bondage, Satan's strategy of immobilization and control. And I want to kind of contrast this with John chapter eight thirty one and thirty two, and and then John eight thirty six. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, "If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free." Mm-hmm. Verse 36, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So the question I want to ask you, Marjorie, is that if the Son makes us free and we're free indeed, why are we talking about believers in bondage and, and Satan's strategy to immobilize believers and, and bring control over well, their lives? The bo- believers in bondage are in bondage because they don't believe. Believers that don't believe. They don't believe the right stuff. They believe what we, you know, this, this gospel of Jesus Christ has been handed down for 2,000 years and been modified, altered, corrected, uh, rewritten, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not just, I'm not talking the word of God. I'm talking the way we interpret the word of God. Yes, the word of God has been, um, there's been many versions and revisions and stuff like that. But you can still find yourself a good holy Bible out there. Um, but the thing is, can I say that, you know, people have been taught through their uh, their professors, their universities, their churches, their seminaries, their theologians, 
the the revision of what of the gospel of Jesus Christ is so shocking that if you really would read the book of Acts or compare it to the New Testament, what we do today in the church is absolutely even on the surface, it doesn't look at all like what Jesus said. And if you go below the surface, you'll be, you'll be shocked and terrified to see that it works just like the corporations. It's you know, hor- materialistic. It's uh, glory-seeking, self-ambition. Uh, it's all of those things. And, and, on the, and what's being used to, to supposedly uh, encourage us spiritually is actually the very exact thing in your title you said that Satan is using to immobilize or destroy the church. It's, the, it's our concept of the gospel and the church and what Jesus said to do. It's all wrong. Mm-hmm. Is that a good answer? That's, a, that's, a, that's really a good <laughs> answer. That's what we have. What Paul said uh, in Second Timothy chapter 3, he talked about uh, uh, in the last days, people would have a form of godliness, mm-hmm. but deny the power thereof. Yeah. So a form is just a, uh, an outline, just a, 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 can we say a picture, a pattern, a pretense, a pretense, a, look a, like something on surface, something that's looking alike, uh, alike, like the real thing. Right. And in in a lot of times today, today though, a lot of people have no concept. All believers have no concept of of the real gospel, mm-hmm. the real pattern that God has given us uh, in, in the scriptures, in the Book of Acts. And as you said, if you just look at what a lot of things are that happen in the church world, the way we operate our churches as corporations, the 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 programs, the entertainment, yeah. the whole view of it, the the tremendous amount of money we spend on uh, buildings, facilities, stuff like that, uh, and, and and really we're we're doing all this, and we're like missing the point. Well, you know, the point was missed way in the beginning when Jesus had his initial discussions in John 8, 9, and 10, whatnot, with the Pharisees. And, in, um, you know, they were asking, who are you? Who, who are you? Who do you think you are? Where do you get this authority? Where do you come from? We know where you come from. Nothing good comes out of Galilee, blah, blah, blah. They were just kind of using their reasoning, rationalizing, and what they had perceived to be the interpretation of the prophetic scriptures to discredit and disqualify Jesus Christ as um, the authority sent by God, um, and, and he says, um, Jesus says in 8, John eight forty seven, he says, um, you know, he, he says, you, hold on, he says. Well, I'll read it for you. Okay, you, you found it first. He who is of God hears, hears the, God's, God's words. words. Yep. Therefore, you do not hear because, because you, you are, are not, not of God. God. So the first problem, the first problem with our problem of not he- believing is that we're, people were listening to people who may not be of God. They may, they, you know, Paul even said in the last days, or there would be not even in the last days, in his days, there would be um, uh, angels of light, but pro- ministers of righteousness who were operating under the power and control of Satan. And they were false ministers. They were angels of light. They were deceivers. They were anti-Christ spirits. And I, and I think it's safe to say that's what we have today but he, in the professing church for the most part. And Jesus, well, rather, you know, judge it or not, it will be judged because judgment begins at the house of God. And Jesus said for us to discern and judge by their fruits, you shall know them. And the fruit of what we see today that out of coming out of what we hear to be the gospel is not deliverance, is not peace, joy is not salvation is not eternal life is not holiness it's everything but that it's go ahead yeah well i was thinking um in second corinthians chapter 
um, uh, 11, 3, and 4. But I fear lest somehow as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Right. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom yeah. we have not preached. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we've got now. Exactly. Uh, it, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received. Yeah. Or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Right. So he's he's afraid that if somebody's preaching another gospel, presenting a different spirit, and bringing a different, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, this 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 foreign gospel, this look-alike. perversion yep. look-alike gospel, mm-hmm. you may well put up with it. And that's what we have. We've had generations mm-hmm. uh, in, in in America. Let's talk about America. We've had generations here in the United States that have put up with false gospels, mm-hmm. and and really, and so. There is no basis that most people have, most even actual believers have, to to judge. Is this a true gospel? Is this a false gospel? Because we've been taught and inundated with with with, with things everything that are but, false. Everything, everything but, but the, the word real of thing. God. Everything yeah. but the true yeah. uh, word of the Lord. Well, it says in in First Corinthians two fourteen, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. And going back to um, the simplicity of the gospel, Satan wants to make everything complicated. And he does that through reasoning. And then when you set up these kinds of nebulous, non-distinct, unidentifiable uh, criteria for determining whatever it is you're determining, whether it's salvation or people walking in the spirit or uh, the the parameters of the true gospel whenever your your boundaries and de- definitions are nebulous that means you can't discern they're, they're cloudy they're messy you can't really then you have to start setting boundaries and you have to start determining what's the balance for example a little example i use sometimes is you know the word of god seems to sometimes we would look at it and say well this contradicts itself because jesus says uh, love your enemies turn the other cheek um, go the second mile and then on the other hand, he says, and it's preached um, to shake the dust off your feet and don't uh, even eat with those who are, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, perverters of the gospel. And so you say, well, what, what, which is it? What, you know, am I enabling if I keep turning that other cheek? I become a doormat. I'm a, I'm a victim. Blah blah blah. Or what? And so you know, when you get these, the mind, the mind is the problem. Satan uses the mind. He gives us some. He wants us to use our mind to discern, our natural mind to discern and 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 discover and identify and define supernatural mysteries that your mind can only think about. It cannot know. So when you're when you're trying to figure out well which is which, am I an enabler? Am I codependent? Am I being um, too hard on a person? You know, it's not about you know which is it or where's the boundary? It's the question of what time is it? Because life is full of moments and it may be a moment of forgiveness. It may be a moment of, um, you know, shaking the dust off your feet. There, there, there's appropriate times for both of these things. Mm-hmm. And so when people are trying to figure things out with their minds, um, it, it makes it very complicated. And that's what the devil has done with the gospel. He's pulled it out of the supernatural, what we just read, the foolishness, the things of God are p- foolishness. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. 
for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But if your discernment, if you had been taught that you don't know, you aren't smart enough, you aren't trained enough in academia, which is another word for what the universities do with, you know, making everything subject, everything to science, the mind, technology, um, so we can control it. And these things of God are not controlled by us. We don't like that. We don't like to be not in control. We don't like to have to answer to a God that's a mysterious God. We would rather, you know, agree that we're monkeys and that we've evolved rather than having to at some point in time surrender to and come into judgment with the one true God. So when we go back to what Jesus was talking about in John chapter uh, uh, 8, where he says he's having this discussion and we're going back there for just a second because they're talking about demons. Now, this is a problem. The, the, the strategy in the church for Satan is to, you know, disguise himself or um, render himself invisible or non-existent. So, if you know, if there's no supernatural, there's no need to cast out a demon. There's no need to repent. There's no eternal life. There's, you know, it's reincarnation. It's whatever you want it to be, but there's no answering to a one God, a holy God, and Satan, of course, hates that. That's his whole point. He does not want us to ever come into um, the understanding that there is a war going on between God and him, and there is really a God. So he's trying to discredit, disqualify, nullify, annihilate even the thought of God. So Jesus here in confronting um, in John eight forty um, uh, seven, you know, he says, he who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear me because you are not of God. Then the Jews answered and said to him, we, do we not rightly say that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? <laughs> and Jesus answers that I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Now, let's just stop there for a second. You have a demon. At least the Jews were understanding and of the, of the mind that Jesus, I mean, that, that there were demons, that there could be demons, that you could have a demon, um, and the demons could dwell in people. So at least in their spiritual paradigm, in their understanding of things, they could understand that these demonic entities really did exist and that they could actually exist or thrive or, or operate out of a human being, as we saw Jesus many times casting demons but out of But they people. did not realize that the, these demonic powers were empowering and motivating them. That's exactly right. And then um, in uh, chapter, let's see, uh, 10 of John, as we go on a little bit, he says, Therefore, in verse 19, there was a division again among the Jews because of these things. And many of them said, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? And others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. How can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Now, here's an interesting question. What are they really getting at? How could a demon you know, undo what another demon did and their kingdom not be divided? Why would one demon blind them and another demon open their eyes? So he's saying exactly what Satan said, exactly what Jesus said in Matthew twelve twenty nine. Uh, a kingdom, a, this is a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So would Satan divide himself against himself? Would Satan set himself up in opposition to himself? No. How would Satan conquer us by setting us up in opposition to ourselves? Now, what does Satan want to conquer? He wants to conquer two things. He wants to conquer the human being, the individual. He also wants to conquer humankind. Well, that's and so he's setting us up in opposition. The Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, here's the deal: we think that 
we're fighting against, for example, ISIS, okay? Well, you know what? That's what the devil wants us to think. Those people have been demonized. There are demons inside of them. There are probably demons inside of the people who are judging them as well. Which is, but we don't realize that the devil has set us up in opposition to ourselves. So, therefore, my mind, soul, my, my soul, which is my mind, will, and emotions, is set up in opposition to my spirit so that I'm double-minded. And, um, you know, one who is set up in opposition to himself, and by the way, it's very tricky how the devil took those three words or four words out of the New King James. They were in the Old King James in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. Set them up in opposition to themselves. That's how he does it. He do- divide and conquer. How does the strong man come in? How does he create a war within you? How does he create that debate inside of you, that, that d- dilemma, that uh, addiction, that uh, choice? You know, see, we think we are the product of our choices, and yes, we are. But we are really the product of the, of the temptations that we choose to believe is the second thing in the string of, of, of steps. The first one is the temptation. And the choice is do we recognize the devil's solution, his temptation, as a trick or do we take it as a uh, solution to the problem? Backing up a little bit on the basis for this now, John eight forty four. Mm-hmm. Says Jesus said to these um, <laughs> these religious Jewish people, mm-hmm. he says, "You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do." He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Murder, okay, does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Mm-hmm. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. And he says, because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. So they were so enmeshed in their minds with the lies of Satan. And so we have to look at Satan's constant strategy from the beginning Mm -hmm. of recorded human history. Mm -hmm. His lies, his goal, John 10.10, is to steal. He's a thief. He's there to steal, kill, and destroy. He's there to steal the truth uh, out of people's hearts. He's here to kill, cut off a relationship with God. He's here to just utterly destroy. That is his goal, even if he's coming, no matter in what guise he comes. Mm -hmm. If he comes in as an uh, ISIS guy that's wanting to lop people's heads and limbs off, or if he comes as a um, a slick preacher Mm -hmm. in a megachurch, in uh, some big city in America. Okay, well, let me, standing in in our degeneration of knowledge and wisdom and truth and revelation and goodness, in our degeneration, Satan would attempt to have us reduce everything to the natural world. It's what I can see, what I can touch, what I can feel, what I can measure, scientific observation, so I can control it. But Satan himself and God are both supernatural beings. So we know that to deny the supernatural world, we'd have to deny God and the devil. And, of course, that's exactly what the devil wants to do. So he wants us to get to believe that these things um, don't exist because they cannot be defined in our natural world and with our natural mind. And if they cannot be defined in our natural mind with our natural uh, observation tools, measurements, whatever, then they do not exist. So the supernatural things that get thrown out or discounted are all the things that we tr- trust and hope in. It's, it's things like um, eternal life. 
it's things like the resurrection from the dead. Um, you know, that's a supernatural, that, that exists, in, not in the natural world. We don't see people, once they die, they're dead, usually unless of sort of some thing that we can't explain. We say, well, we don't know. It's a, you know, it's an after-death experience, and that's all it is. It's, you know, maybe they were not really dead, whatever. But miracles cannot accept, exist in the, in, the, in the natural world, really. Um, we have accidents, coincidences, and we have question marks, but we don't have miracles. And salvation, the whole story, if you, and you have to set this in a bigger picture. In the pagan days, and they are still pagan, by the way, and there's lots of it out there. Um, they, 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 the Hebrew children, the children of God, Abraham's children, uh, the Jewish nation, was the only nation that had one God. The rest of them all had many, many gods, many, many stories, many, many uh, mythologies, uh, Greek, Roman, Egyptian gods and goddesses, and they all had their little jurisdictions over this or that, whether it was fertility or the sun or fire or the moon or whatever it was. I mean, you know, it was just ridiculous. But, but so they had all of these supernatural explanations for things. And so when Jesus is talking to these guys, they're not saying, oh, there's no, there's no God, there's no supernatural world. But now we have a place where we have replaced all of the true story, which seems also like another fable or myth. Jesus, the hero coming down from heaven, uh, walking among men, dying in their place, redeeming them, bringing them back to God, bringing the message of a kingdom that we've never seen, that's so glorious, it, eye has not seen or ear heard. Neither has entered into the heart of man the, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. None of that really exists in this world of, and our churches are going more and more that way as well. I mean, the people who go to church, they, they're not taught about Satan. They're taught a little bit about Jesus. They're mostly taught nowadays the social gospel or the green gospel. You know, love one another, be good, do good works, get along. Work for justice. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Oh, and, and love the sin or and the sin. See, the thing is going tolerance, back. Tolerance. Tolerance. Uh, accepting every, you know, everything that God declares to sin. I, I was having a conversation on Sunday with somebody, and, you know, they're one of the younger ones, and they <clears throat> said something that was quite profound, and, and actually for them to re- realize it was awesome that they could say this, but what happens these days is people identify themselves by what they do, and because they don't separate out their behavior from their being, Right. Then when you reject their behavior, you technically, in their minds, you have rejected them. So mm-hmm. if, if I'm gay, lesbian, homosexual, trans, trans whatever, vestite, transsexual, whatever, transgender. transgender, whatever, that means I haven't yet made up my mind, right? That, that I, if you, if I, that's who I, I, I declare I am, and, and you don't accept that, and, I, and that's who I am in my mind, I am a lesbian, and you don't accept lesbianism, then you've rejected me. So... But that is not the way. And then, therefore, if you reject me, you don't love me. And how can you love me and say you're a Christian? And how can you judge me and say you're a Christian? Because Christians are supposed to judge and they're supposed to love and blah, blah, blah. So they tangle up Christians because Christians are the same way. They're under the same basic lie of the pit. The lie of this world is that you are what you do. You are not what you do. There's a separation. We there's are a, a created being. There's a difference between identity and behavior. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the whole point of sanctification is to uh, change that behavior to go back to reflect to the true nature of who I am. Like, for example, people are trying to quit smoking, drinking, drugging, carrying on. Why are they trying to stop what they can't quit? Why won't you just do it? Why do you not want to do what you're doing? Why? Because why, why is that such a problem? Why do we have treatment programs? Because people are trying to quit what they can't stop. 
Why? So their behavior, they're trying to quit what they can't stop. So they don't want to be that anymore. They don't want to be an addict anymore, whatever, for whatever reason. They don't want to be what they're doing. But the thing is, they don't understand that if you're, there's something else inside of them, a demon, if you will, or a program, an operating system, a body of death operating software, inside of them that is taking charge of their being, causing them to do, behave in ways they do not want to behave. Now, until you separate being from behavior, you will not be able to get a hold of an addiction. You'll not be able to cast it out. You'll not be able to, to reject it. For example, um, so when you go back to the truth, the truth is I'm created by God. God made in his image. He didn't make me an addict because he wasn't an addict. I don't like addictions. I don't like sinning. I, I feel guilty when I sin. I feel bad when I use. And if I go back to knowing, hey, you know what? That's not who I am. I am the son or daughter of God. I don't, I am not, a, uh, I'm not a tool or pawn in the hand of Satan, the spirit of addiction and debauchery to, he can use me to get his needs met. That's not who I am. So why would I want to drink becomes the question. Why not, I don't, not that I've got to try to stop liking it or stop wanting it or fight it or, you know, to get some willpower. It's why would I even want to do it in the first place? Mm-hmm. Backing, so, yeah, backing up. Just that was a, a little bit. tangent off the backing side there. Backing up but. just a bit here. Okay. Back up. Turn so, it around. Okay. The gospel. <laughs> what is the gospel? And we're in a place where we think the gospel is not enough. We have to add to it. Um, th- th- we need more. That this is just we have to. We want control. Uh, we want it. We want control. We have to define. Um, Decorate it. We have to <laughs> Decorate it, yeah. um, sell it, stuff so like. But Paul, here's Paul says. Moreover, brethren, when I uh, declare to you the gospel, First Corinthians fifteen one and following, when I preach to you, which you also received and which you stand. Okay, here's the gospel that he, Paul preached. Okay, this is the gospel. Paul said, if, "Yeah, but by which you are also saved." That means brought into wholeness, basically, what it means. Not only you know, given eternal life, brought into wholeness, uh, the power of, of, of the enemy can be broken in your life, as, as you believe. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, and then he was buried, and then he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And then he talks about all of those that were witnesses of his resurrection. Romans 1.16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek or for the Gentile. Um, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, Paul warned the church in Galatia. He said in, in Galatians chapter 1, if you come preach or anyone else comes, even if I preach, Paul mm-hmm. says, or whoever it is, whatever their credentials are, if they've got a doctorate, if they've got more degrees than a thermometer after their name, whoever it is, if they don't bring the same gospel, let them be accursed. And he said, just in case they didn't catch that, he repeats that very strongly. Right. Let them be accursed. And so today we have, it's like 
the perversions of the gospel are the norm. And, and, and the power of Jesus is the power of God to salvation is in that good news when it is believed by whosoever will. Well, you know, in, uh, let's see, first, first Corinthians one eighteen to kind of go along with that, he says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us, who are being saved, it is the power of God. There, there's an element of humility, repentance, surrender, uh, uh, endorsing, receiving, embracing uh, the need for a Savior that most people are kept from. They don't even recognize uh, that they have a need for a Savior. And, and so the wisdom of God is, is a mystery ordained from the foundation of the world uh, for our glory, which none of the rulers, even the rulers of this age, didn't know exactly. When Jesus came down here, I think that just the, even the demon says, "What are you doing here? Why are you here? Have you come to torment us against uh, before the time? It's not time yet. Uh, we still got some more time. Why are you? You know, that was when he was having that little discussion with them going into the pigs. But um, God has revealed those things to us by His Spirit, for His Spirit you know, searches all the things, uh, the deep things of God. And see, the thing is, oh, we have two. Uh, sets of software. We have two ways of discerning something. We can use our mind, which cannot, to, to our mind, why would Jesus die on the cross? How does that look like victory? How does that look like a hero redeeming, rescuing his people? How does that... That ma- makes no sense to, to the, the natural, natural mind. mind. Right. What you said, to the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those that don't believe. And when you throw the gospel of Jesus Christ, the mysteries of God, the word of God, into an, uh, a, a, a man-made academic setting and you try to explain it using only the concepts and definitions that man can understand, taking away from it the miraculous, the supernatural, uh, the things that man doesn't understand, it becomes it, it, worthless. You render it impotent, and that's exactly what Satan tries to do. You, he wants people to uh, think it's foolish, part to the point where uh, it's like I was sharing an uh, example with Jerry a little bit before we started here. It's like this. It's like in, in science. Okay. So you want to understand the living organism. So you cut off the arm of a living being, let's say a human being, cut off the arm, you examine it and you dissect it and you pull it apart and you say, well, this is dead. This isn't living. This isn't living. So you, you've, you've tried to understand life by destroying something. And in the process, you've declared it dead and it doesn't exist. It's like the gospel. It's been torn apart. Uh, we try to examine it under our you know, pretenses and under our uh, definitions. And, and, and we just declare it, it, it non, it's non-existent. It doesn't exist. And then we fill people's heads with all of these the, the, the beyond foolish fables, fantasies, and, and um, keep their minds keep their minds absolutely filled with noise, with vibrations, with video games, with distractions. How many people out there just can't even stand to sit still or be quiet? They, it's terrifying to them. I mean, that's why they don't like to uh, be alone or go to sleep in it. They've got to have noise. They've got to have interaction. They've got to have Facebook, uh, FaceTime, uh, texting. It's just this, you, they cannot... They're terrified of being quiet. They have uh, the attention span of a gnat. Well, that's because people uh, don't realize there's a whole realm of, of beauty and goodness and relationship 
with Jesus Christ and freedom in that. Right. Well, you know, what Paul told Timothy uh, in Second in Timothy 4, verses 1 through 4, he says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Mm-hmm. Preach the word. Uh, just just pause there for a moment. We were with a, a dear friend that's been uh, yesterday who has been a pastor for many, many years. And this uh, very wealthy person came to attend the church for about three weeks, dropped a lot in the offering. He had heard uh, this pastor speak at a civic function on a different topic. And um, but so he came three different Sundays and he took him aside after that third Sunday and said, um, now I've heard you speak uh, uh, very articulately about a variety of topics at this community event. And, and uh, but now I come here to church. I've been here three Sundays now and all you do is preach from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Can't you? And he basically said, can't you do any better than that? And and my uh, my dear pastor friend said, well, listen, as long as I am alive, this is what I do. I am here to preach the word of God. And that per- that was the last Sunday that person was there. So we we, we you know want something beyond what is best. Mm-hmm. What is the solution? So well, we're anyway, a little aside there, but preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Second Timothy four two. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They want to be scratched. They want to be tickled. They will heap up for themselves teachers. Boy, do we have lots of teachers. Uh, and, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to what? Fables. Fairy tales, mm-hmm. uh, uh, stories based on the imagination of, of human beings. Well, I think when Jesus, going back to Jesus again, um, when he was talking to the Pharisees, um, first of all, who, who they were saying, who are you? Um, he, they, he seemed to be, uh, he didn't fit into their fables, and they didn't catch it that he was the one told, foretold by the prophet, prophets. So the prophet's words were still kind of hidden and mysterious to them. And then Jesus said he came, um, he who comes from God, he, that he came from God and he was from God, knows God, and that he, and God is his father. Um, I think that they were personally irritated. Uh, I think that was messing up their visions of grandeur. It, uh, it didn't fit into their paradigm, their program, or their pretenses, their practices. Uh, it exposed them. Um, it called them into accountability with what they were doing and how they were treating others and in the glory seeking and the pride and the spiritual control and abuse. And I think that's exactly what goes on today. So it's like, um, so what do we have here in this fashionable, it's fashionable now to be postmodern, this postmodern Christianity. It's not fashionable to cast out demons. However, I believe there's a hunger to know these things. And so if you, here's what the devil has done in the cultures of this day, uh, that demons, to believe that demons cannot be in people, demons don't exist, people don't have demons, it's all a medical issue, it's a mental health issue, it can be resolved with medications or education or more appropriation 
of something and then and then there's other than than deliverance or healing or uh love mercy forgiveness and, and it's just like uh, you say uh you know this whitewash theory that once you come to Christ every demonic power and stronghold is gone from your life well we have that too we have a lot of different options of how this this lie can go how this um, this distortion of the gospel can go and so um yeah some christians believe you know it's all done uh it's under the blood there's no more demonic interference but well, we want to say to clarify that when jesus said it it is finished on the cross he yeah. meant he meant paid in full and it is finished and i mean it is it is finished the work of redemption is there but and there is instantaneous once a person believes there is salvation. Really, we've been chosen in Him since before the foundation of the world. We come to that place of place of faith. We're born again by the Spirit of God. But then there's this whole process of of sanctification. Well, being you, set free, okay. being separated onto the I, Lord. I believe Jesus chose everybody. If He wouldn't have chosen everybody, He'd have been horrible to choose some and not others. So that's that's a settled, you know. Uh, whom he foreknew, he pre- preordained, ordained to be called the sons of God, made in the image of Jesus. So, but but when it comes to giving, offering us the option, do you want to? I accept. I chose you. I've chosen you from the foundation of the world. Do you want to say yes? Do you want to say? Do you want to come unto me? He, you know. So there has to be our agreement because God does not force anybody to go to heaven. It, you have. You, he gives you the grace. He gives you the opportunity. He gives you the light. He gives you the. You know. He's given us the. The equipment inside of us built it in us, in us to rec- inside of us to recognize the truth and the revelation of his truth. But so when so when Jesus when when we say it's under the blood, it's under the blood, but it also has to be used and appropriated. It's not like okay, it's a done deal. Now I can sit back and relax the rest of my life and never have to worry about another demon. It's like if if Jesus died on the cross, says here I put in twenty thousand dollars in your bank account or two million dollars in your bank account and you never went to draw on it you never wrote a, a check or you never used your, your debit card to get any of that money out that money was there but it didn't do you any good and that's what the cross is that power that uh, uh you know it's under the blood the blood is there the power of the blood is there but if we don't know that and if we are just taught you know the sunday school versions of jesus and spiritual warfare we will not step out of our chair we say i can't do that what am I going to do? And what are you going to do when, when demons confront you? And believe you me, they are coming in hordes and droves. So going back to what Satan has done here, um, you know, they, they, at least in the culture of Jesus' day, they did believe in demons, that people could have them, that they could be, and they believed in them. But we have created, even in the church, I mean, the, the world doesn't even, they laugh at the, mostly what the church is doing, um, unless, of course, they can somehow use that to their advantage. Uh, we've created a third option of origination. There are only two kingdoms, and that makes it simple. In computer world, there's only an on and an off switch, so it's got to be that simple. So in, but in the options of originations, we have heaven, hell, and the flesh, also known as me or myself. So we have a lot of people say, because um, I become, in this, in this case, I become the me, the myself, I, just me, I become my own expert witness on things. I, my opinion becomes the determination of what's true and what's not true. I, I don't believe that. I believe that. I like that. I don't like that. You know, and we're swayed by the people we keep company with, the, 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 the classes we take, uh, the experiences we have, the perceptions of those things. 
And so, but there are only two kingdoms. There still are only two. I don't care if you made a third one, made it up. You don't have a kingdom. You're not going to end up in your own kingdom someday. You're going to end up in either God's or the devil's. And whether you want to believe it or not, there is an eternal eternity. And this time dimension we're in is a temporary dimension. This time dimension does not last forever. It, is, it lasts for you maybe 60, 70, 20 years. It's not for all of us. It is a time dimension. We were in eternity created in the mind of God back before we came into being on this earth. We ended up on the planet, conceived, brought forth, thrown into the snake pit, dwell here, uh, being psychologically tested, uh, spiritually tested, um, reconditioned by the devil to believe or not believe the one true thing, the one thing that's essential, whether it's, you know, it's, it is, is Jesus Christ, the son of God. Yes, he did. He died on the cross. Yes. That's the one thing we have to make a decision about. And if we say yes to God, then when your time dimension is over, this dimension is done. You go back into eternity to spend it with God in his kingdom. And God is not willing that any should perish. Um, so third problem. The first problem was, of course, um, that, you know, our culture doesn't permit these things. Um, third problem is we believe our model is correct. You know, we believe that uh, the way we put things together, the way we test things, the way we determine whether the, what is true is true, we think our model is right. We are blind. We are small-minded. Uh, the the word of the the cross is foolishness to the natural mind. And then God goes on to say he uses the, the foolish things to confound the wise and the things that are not to bring to naught the things that are. And you see how God does that all the time. He uses little babies. He uses old men. He uses sticks. He uses donkeys. He uses all kinds of things that are just crazy. Like only God would do something like that. So if it's pretty crazy, maybe it is God. Um, and then we've, we've put everything, taken everything out of our new modern model for explaining things, everything we cannot understand, uh, with our natural mind, we just take it out. It's not there. It doesn't exist. It's not real. And so when you get to that place, how in the world are you going to help people in the, in the church, uh, spiritually who are controlled by a spiritual set of parameters, lies, demons, false angels of light, confusion, uh, they think they're coming to the, the, the body, the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they're not. You're getting a false. Here, all, all you have to do, if you don't know what, what's going on with your life and you want to know, simple, simple, just say, okay, we're going to do spiritual math. We're going to reduce it down. Uh, there's heaven and there's hell, so reduce it down. The thing that I'm feeling right now, the thing that's provoking me, the thing that's motivating me, the thing that I'm, why am I doing what I do? Does this thing reduce down to fear or love? Is it creating rest and peace or is it creating strife and anxiety? And be honest with yourself. Don't put stress in the category of it's okay. No, it's not okay. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. So if you're honest with yourself, you redo your math, you're going to find out a lot of the, the origin is not heaven. Well, when you go, there's there's the strategy of Satan to immobilize and control believers. Um, he he does. We talked about he does prevention, and he does perversion, and we we talk about. Let me. I'll explain what I mean here in a second. Second Corinthians chapter four. He says, um, even verse three. He said even. If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, 
who do not who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So, but he says, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So this this is Satan does not want the gospel. He's, he clouds, mm-hmm. veils mm-hmm. the minds, darkens the minds, if you please, of, of people uh, all over the world, so they cannot believe. So there's a there's a Hardness. there's a satanic blindness mm-hmm. and that that he has imposed upon the minds of people so they cannot believe but um they but in verse 6 it talks about the god breaks through that that's what happens when when the the fullness of of, of salvation comes people are born again the light god who yeah he's commanded do light it. to shine in the darkness Breaks through with the revelation with of Jesus the revelation Christ. of Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. that that's the only hope we have to bring us out of the bondage. To bring us out of the bondage, but then what happens? We come there. So if if Satan can't keep us from coming to Christ, mm-hmm. he's going to make us in as, as ineffective as possible. He's going to try to immobilize. What we've been talking about, Marjorie, is mm-hmm. is people who are actually are genuine believers. Um, I would say many who are genuine believers, but then they get um, and they, yeah. immobilized and, and not able to carry on right. the work that they have, God has called, called us to do. Right. They have no answers. And because we don't even know that we're blind, we're seeking the truth. We're looking for that which we've lost. We're trying to you know, reconnect with our supernatural, spiritual uh, self-reality, whatever, and we're blind. It's like the blind. Jesus said, "The blind lead the blind, and both fall in the ditch." So we have, you know, um, the the. That's why the church. That's why people are the believers in the church are in bondage because number one, they don't even recognize they're in bondage. Number two, they don't attribute the true source uh, and cause of that bondage to a demon or something in the spiritual world. Number three, they don't know how to deal with the demon in the spiritual world, uh, and so they deal with it in a natural with the medication or whatever uh, so what you're saying is it's it's ignorance and uh you know is it in ignorance. hosea i think it's four six i mm-hmm. could be wrong on that uh Without my people are destroyed for lack for lack of knowledge so ignorance mm-hmm. okay without a revelation the people perish right or right. they fall into promiscuity yeah. and so we have these um we are submitting our testing and our, our, our believing and listening to experts, authorities, professionals, um, and all of these phenomena or concepts or uh, allegations. We all we measure them up against natural dimensions of reasoning and rationalizing, discussion, uh, dissertations. You know, you have to, that's all a bunch of hocus pocus. Um, you know, the blind uh, to the, the you know, um, they're blind because you, you remember when Jesus was walking on the path to Emmaus with his disciples and they didn't, they reasoned in their hearts and they did not even see him. He was walking right there with them for seven miles talking yeah. about the so scriptures. The risen Christ. The, the risen Christ. Christ. Yeah. Yes. And Luke, I think it's 24. And so, uh, you know, isn't that amazing? Reasoning, rationalizing, religion, responsibility, Blinds discussion. You to Jesus. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a crazy, and Satan is always, inciting us to use our minds 
You've got a brain, use it, take responsibility. Well, what do you think? Uh, well, what are the experts saying? Um, and what are the professionals saying? Uh, so they, the devil wants to reduce our relationship with Christ to one of religion and rules and church growth formulas. So, so all guised under the false friendliness of personal support, and, but it's really selfish ambition. It's and, all a lie. Right, right. But so it's it's come by revelation. Paul got his um, gospel. The gospel of Christ came to Paul. So Jesus came. See, all it's all about revelation. It's all about God revealing mm-hmm. to us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this is how we are to. Um, this is how we grow. This is what we we know through revelation. God shows us this through the Spirit. Now the Scriptures are, are the revelation of God. They're a written revelation, Jesus of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and Jesus is the living Word. He's the revelation of God. Jesus said, "He who has seen me has seen the Father." Mm-hmm. So he is. He 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 came here as a living, breathing, fully human yet without sin, fully God, to show us the Father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then remember, was it, was it Philip that came, Lord, just show us the Father, and that's enough for us. Mm-hmm. They said, well, no, no, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right. So there's, uh, what happens is this this comes by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. God just spending showing us. In, with the Holy so Spirit. So the thing is, when you're spending time with the Holy Spirit, study of Scripture, uh the the old hymn, the old gospel song that's beyond the secret page, referring to the scripture, "I seek the Lord." So um, okay, so we have we have this opportunity to be uh, to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Now, here's what happens inside of you. And by the way, if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, our number is three four seven two one five eight zero five one three four seven two one five eight zero five one. We know a lot of you listen to this on the archives, and we really appreciate that. And that's a a discipleship method for us to keep in touch with you guys and be encouraging to you. But um, if you have a a relevant question or any kind of question that, you know, comes to your mind, you're you're welcome to call in. Also, if you ever want to, you know, send those questions to us, um, you know, we have emails that you can definitely go to. I'd, I'd say check out. Uh, liferecovery.com and there you can I think there's places where you can put in comments or questions and uh, get it to us because this is about you this is about you know you know, we're not saying every church is bad but we're saying judgment begins at the house of God and it's pretty much I mean we've been in pastors in mainline churches for many many years and we know what it, we know what's out there we've been there done that in not just one denomination and three or four of the major denominations we know what's out there and it's not helpful for the most part it's corroding it's 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 hurting the masses it's it's controlling the masses it's sedating the masses it's not it's satan's plan satan does not want you to wake up rise up stand up and declare the power of god jesus said he says here's your here's your job list i'm going away matthew chapter 10 i'm going here's the deal preach the gospel Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely receive, freely give. He didn't say go try 
to heal the sick, go try to cleanse the lepers. Nowadays, that's kind of what we do. And then we throw a little tag it with, uh, if it's your will, God, because obviously we aren't really sure if it's the will of God or not. And so, well, we're not sure. Maybe God is, is sending this to teach them a lesson. And we surely wouldn't want to interfere with God's, you know, instructions and lesson plans. So we've got a whole bad, you know, foundation on does God really want to heal people? But I did notice in the New Testament when Jesus was healing people, he never didn't heal anybody. He didn't check their Sunday school record. He didn't get tech, check their tithing, um, giving record. He, he he actually healed people who had bad attitudes, people who had been sick for a long time and didn't even know if they wanted to be healed anymore. He healed people. He rose them from the dead who were dead and didn't have anything, no faith at all. You know, he, he it's not a, it's it, he wants to heal us and why? Because he knows what's really going on. And unfortunately, until you get the revelation of Jesus Christ and ask the serious question, what is really going on here? And Lord, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to, I'm, I'm thrown away my preconceived notions, ideas, indoctrination, brainwashing, uh, religious perceptions, throwing it out. And I'm saying, I'm sitting here, Lord. I'm reading your word. I'm going to read it one word at a time. Holy Spirit, you're inside of me. Show me what this means. You will find if you do that, that if you're that, if you take that big of a risk with your life to to throw away things you think you know and declare the truth that you don't know, you really don't know, and you really do want to know, and it is in knowing, he says, my spirit bears witness with your spirit for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. But God has revealed those things to us by his spirit that we might know. So if you really want to take that risk and get get into real life and living and find out a lot of people say i i, I better not i don't want to know I, I i don't want to know about the devil i can't deal with the devil you know you're spending so much time and energy freaking out and being controlled by him to being anxious nervous and afraid that you you could spend way half that energy and re, rebuke him bind him you know jesus has given you power over that stuff mm-hmm. and it goes to the bottom line is your agreement what are you going to agree with fear or faith and you don't have to fear the devil the Bible says, um, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in Jesus. Yeah, I trust in God. We are aware of the activity of Satan. Well, we're when not, you fear not, him. We're not, we're not fearing him. Oh, my. I mean, it's so scary. We're not disrespecting him, but right. we are not, uh, you know, but we really, the dynamics in the war between God and Satan, we still think that somehow God is the one punishing us. God is the one mad at us. God is the one bringing a judgment on us. And then we get confused. Well, if God's judging me, maybe I had it coming and maybe I'm bad and maybe I should, you know, try harder to be good and make God happy. But the, the real thing is these, we're under demonic judgments. Um, uh, actually, what's the word? Mastis, M-A-S-T-I-X. Um, uh, that is the word for, uh, what was that? It's the word that means scourging. Scourging. And when Jesus came to deliver the people, he came to deliver them from their scourgings. And who was scourging them? Yeah, the enemy was The enemy was scourging, the enemy was scourging, them. scourging right. them, right. And so, Jesus, and so, so why would Jesus do that if it's a teaching of God? Well, God going to teach me or teach you or he's teaching them a lesson. Was God teaching Job a lesson? Was he really teaching Job a lesson or was he... Was the devil trying to prove something to God that God was not able to deliver Job, and that God would Satan would be able to break Job, and then God would look stupid in all of his efforts to get Job to love him? You know, so yeah, it's the word for healing is M A S T I X mastics mastics, which means flogging. So when Jesus was healing them, he was giving them freedom from the scourging. So who was scourging them? 
surely Jesus would not heal people if his father was the one scourging them. That wouldn't be the father's will. Then what undo divided kingdom? I don't think so. So the thing is, we know that uh, we have a lot of misperceptions about is it you know God's will to heal. As a matter of fact, I wrote a book on that called A Case for Healing. Uh, it, you can find it at liferecovery.com. It's actually a manual. It's, it, it, it talks about steps to healing. It, it, it talks about the biological connections, and it talks about the, spirit, the specific root causes, spiritual root causes of physical diseases. And it goes back. Everything ties together. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if we know the truth, the truth about the, what's the lie I'm believing that's giving me or causing this diabetes to operate in my body, well, the root lies behind diabetes, for example, are um, confusion, self-hatred, rejection, self-rejection, uh, condemnation, self-condemnation, all those things that make your immune system con- guilt because it makes your immune system feel double-minded, not confident that it needs to protect you. So that's why we have the compromised immune systems and we have the autoimmune system diseases because the, the, the immune system has been brought into a, a place of confusion, compromise because of the lies that we are agreeing with. We're believing I'm stupid, I'm no good, I'm bad. This is just one little example. Well, the scriptures, let's go, and the thing is, revelation is not just, you know, you have to get the revelation through the scriptures. You have to, and any revelation that comes from God is going to be in line with the scriptures. And so I just want to encourage you to study the scriptures and don't try to figure it out. Just say, Lord, just show me. Show me your will. Show me your ways. And uh, and and with an with an open heart, say, God, just r- read the Word of God. Let the Word of God read you, and uh, there'll be there'll be freedom that comes. Jesus said, you know, to the Jews that believed on Him, and this would be true for anyone really that believes on Him, if you abide in My Word, mm-hmm. in My Word uh, and, and you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know mm-hmm. the truth, Amen. and the truth shall make you free. Truth, we say it over and over and over and over and over again, truth equals freedom. That's right. And so when, for example, what is the truth? What is the lie behind any situation in your life? What is the lie in believing that's causing me to um, keep uh, losing my promotions or not getting an apartment or not finishing my homework or putting things off or yelling at my kids. What's the lie behind uh, this pain in my back? What's the lie? Because if we understand that Jesus was delivering them through healing and for him demon, demons and healings were, when he healed people, he delivered them. When he delivered them, he healed them kind of simultaneously uh, interchangeable um, the words that if you, uh, you understand what, what is the lie I'm believing, knowing the truth will set you free? What is the lie I'm believing that is allowing Satan to afflict me or scourge me in this way? All of them start pretty much with your agreement with a, a spirit of guilt and condemnation. And that goes with, I could have, should have, it's my fault. Now, and then the reasoning behind that Satan brings to you is what was your choice? You know, you did the crime, you do the time. But the thing is, you made a choice, but did you really make a choice? Did you really want to make a choice to destroy your life, to bring on back pain and, and afflictions and family breakdowns? Did you really want to do that? No, you didn't make a choice to want to do that. But, you know, we, we're almost at a time. I get that. But the thing is, understanding the right paradigm, 
will begin to bring you out of that bondage, that, um, that control of Satan. And we've talked today a lot about the bigger picture, the general uh, ways that Satan captivates, holds hostage the church um, through schemes and um, human natural reasoning and the models of this world. We have to, if you want a healing, you have to go to a place where healing comes from. It comes from the supernatural world. And it does, and a lot of people go to the supernatural world and they go and they get more demons because there are demons in there and they go for these psychic healings and that sort of thing. But we go to the, the, the God of, of, of heaven and earth, the one who loves us in that supernatural world to find um, healing, rest, peace, restoration. And we're just encouraging you guys today to do that because um, you may not be able to get that from your church. And the Bible does say eventually in the end days, you're going to have to come out from among them, be separate and touch not the unclean thing. You're going to have to be honest with yourself. Is it worth sitting there picking out so many bones out of every sermon that you're choking on bones and when you could be just eating and, and rejoicing? If you leave that church feeling um, unedified or you know, exhausted and more I got to do and feeling guilty and I got to sign up for this and I got to do that and I better participate in that. When I don't show up, the pastor calls me. It's like, herding cattle you know it's like where's that cow where did that sheep go off to we better catch that one it's not ranching people i mean it's god calls us to be shepherds and that's true but the shepherd lays down his life for his sheep and i don't know how that works and where you're going to, to church and we're not but what we're saying is in the end days god is going to have his bride without spot or wrinkle and whatever that looks like it may be um we go into that laundry, uh, into that dry cleaners in a pretty, it may be pretty intense, but we will come out without spot or wrinkle and we'll know our God and those who know their God are going to do exploits. And, and the Lord Jesus gave his life on the cross so we could be free. We can't, we don't have time in this day and age to be navel gazing, uh-huh. uh, chasing our tails, Self-improving. bound up in our own issues. Mm-hmm. God doesn't want you in a, a, a lifetime of being bound up in your own, so bound up in your own issues mm-hmm. that you cannot do what God has called you to do. He wants you to be who he's called you to be. You're a son or daughter of the living God. And then he wants you free enough. He doesn't, you don't have to wait till you're perfect, perfectly, right. totally sanctified because that won't happen until after you die or Jesus comes. <laughs> right. But he said, so you can go on with the business at hand. Jesus told the disciples, uh, Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 and 8, and as you go preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. I say, "Let's let's go to Jesus, let's get free, let's get the truth. And let's get on with the task let's at hand. Let's get going. Huh? And that's the task and, right and there. And speaking of that, we have to get going. But one last favor we would love to ask of you, and that is help us by sharing these um, archived messages uh, or the location where people can find them with your friends, uh, with the people you care about. Get them listening because this, you know, this is liberating. This is freeing. It brings freedom. Truth brings freedom. And so if you will help us, you've all got friends don't just keep this to yourselves. Go share the good news. That's what it's all about, sharing the good news, uh, leading someone to Jesus or just giving them a smile, just telling them, you know, where they can find water if they're thirsty. And so please um, share liferecovery.com uh, or uh, Rescue Radio 
or, oh, yeah, the conference on the 23rd of April. That's my final conference, winter conference, actually, in the spring. It's called Rescued, uh, Rescued, Redeemed, and Restored. It's going to be at uh, the Holiday Inn in Elk River, the same place we were the last time, not the time before. There's two Holiday Inns. We're in Elk River now, not in Rogers, Elk River. At 10 o'clock, 10 to 3, it is free. It is at the uh, um, Holiday Inn in Elk River from 10 to 3 o'clock, from 10 to 3. And so bring your friends. Um, we're going to be talking about, uh, kind of wrapping up what we've been talking about, but actually then doing a lot of practicum or demonstrations so that hopefully we can apply, teach, get to the lies, teach people how to do this on your own for yourself to get going in this matter. Okay, that's uh, that's it for today, people, and we love you. God bless you, and we love your comments, too, so catch us on an email or a text or something. Blessings. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his life. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? 